Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Good evening and welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. It is May 14th, Friday night, 2010, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Scott Adkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football and president of the newly formed Fantasy Players Association. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Tran. Mike, we had some switchboard problems earlier. I hope you're back with us now. Yeah, I'm back with you, and I thought that music was for me. Dun, dun, do it again, one time, just one time. I mean, you can play it. You can do it. One more time. Thank you very much, Scott. My name is Michael. I'm going to articulate the best I can in the way that I can. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I am me. Hey, Scott, it's great to be with you. It's great to have everybody along uh, for another edition of uh, Red versus Blue Fantasy Sports, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to a lot of topics uh, that we're going to touch on and 
a lot of things. It's going to be pretty interesting. But uh, had a great show last last Friday and had a lot of hot topics uh, that uh, happened with it. But uh, it was fun. It, it makes the it makes our uh, it makes our world uh, you know just a different world that some that might not understand. But uh, it want we want to make everybody involved, and that's the whole point of it. Well, it was an absolutely explosive show last week, Mike, and, and I really don't know where to start, but, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the industry. The Fantasy Players Association has been formed, and uh, for those of you that haven't heard, uh, the Fantasy Players Association, uh, fantasyplayersassociation.com, we're a new fantasy sports organization devoted solely to fantasy players and their interests. So be looking for more details as we continue to launch our site. Um, it's just uh, we're trying to bring transparency to the world of high-stakes fantasy football and all fantasy football. We've got a, a lot of things going on in the industry, and uh, there's a lot of great people involved. We've got a great chat room already. We can actually refer to the chat room here at Red vs. Blue as the crew. And uh, they're, already, they're already turning out in, uh, in droves here. We've got uh, Invictus Peasy in the chat room. What up, Peasy? Chris Lambert from the FFPC is in the house. Hello, Chris. Code Cracker Rich McClellan, the uh, managing editor at the FPA is in the house. Fantasy Mojo uh, with the Pros versus Joes contest is in the house. Green Zone, Gunny, one of our FPA representatives. John Royce is in the chat room. Rampo, Rex Quando, Sports Betting Man, what else? What up, buddy? Taz, Jim Day is in the house. Top Nosticator, War Kittens, John Duckworth is back with us. We're just glad to see everybody uh, here tonight on Red versus Blue. So, Mike, we've got a lot going on. Uh, obviously, like I said, we have uh, our special guest. I think we should have played that music for our special guest tonight, Alex Kaganowski of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. will be with us tonight, Mike, to discuss a very important topic, a very hot topic in this industry. It's called escrow. And, Mike, it's been, uh, it's been a center of debate for quite a while now with so many failings going on, uh, contests failing to pay, the AFSL, the Fantasy Jungle, the AFSL 2 situation, uh, it, it happens uh, in this industry. It's definitely a black eye, and escrow uh, appearingly, uh, seemingly, is an answer to that question and that concern. But, Mike, we're going to learn all about escrow tonight, and I hope you have some questions fired up and ready to go for Alex. Yeah, no doubt about it, Scott. And, uh, you know, these are things that need to be brought up, uh, escrow, uh, we have to talk about these things for the for the betterment of uh, everybody that's involved in high stakes uh, fantasy football. Uh, no matter what league you're in, no matter what league you're in, you you really need to understand uh, all aspects of it. And uh, escrow is a very good topic, and I can't wait to talk about it. So we're going to do that at about uh, quarter past the hour, Mike. We've got a little bit of fantasy news before we get to that. Of course, we are a fantasy show. Uh, but before we get to the player news, there's a lot of news and updates in the industry right now. We can't, uh, we, 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 we can't uh, not mention, uh, that's a double negative, I think. We have to mention uh, what, the, what Fanball is doing over at the NFFC. Uh, big announcements today. The website went live over at Fanball. They are now in eight what about cities. The uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But the, the eight cities, they did launch the cut line contest. Eight cities now for uh, the Fanball contest and the, the players. Uh, they can play from all around the country now. They've added uh, five different locations from their from their big three: Las Vegas, New York, and Chicago. They've added Dallas. They've added Buffalo. They've added Minneapolis. 
They've added Boston, and they've added Denver, Colorado, Mike. Eight cities uh, now for their National Fantasy Football Championship. They've, they've unveiled several new leagues, like you said, the Cut Line Championship. They're in the Online Championship. Um, they have the Auction, the Prime Time, the Classic, the Draft Champions, and then they, uh, they lost the Diamond Ultimate Super. Big weekend for the National Fantasy Football Championship yeah. and Fan Bowl to bring that site online and all of these announcements. We'll be talking about them for weeks to come, Mike. Well, Scott, uh, you know, what I see what they're doing is they're just continuing to grow and they're continuing to find different options that will uh, they'll bring in the uh, high-stakes fantasy player or just the normal fantasy player to say, hey, you know, we're formidable. This is what we want to do, and, uh, you know, come join us. And uh, – they're they're pushing the right buttons right now. The FFPC is, or the FFFC, they're pu- they're pushing the right buttons, and I like I like what I'm seeing uh, with them. And uh, you know, different contests, uh, just trying different things, and so uh, that you know that bodes well for them. Well, and they've also entered the fray into the uh, the Vegas uh, the the kickoff weekend as well with a couple of contests. So. We we are going to have Greg Ambrosius. He will be a, a future guest on the show, maybe as early as next week. So stay tuned uh, for one of the figureheads of the National Fantasy Football Championship. Greg Ambrosius will be with us uh, as well next week to talk about that. But Mike, let's let's turn our attention to the National Football League. We have a couple of things that are going on that do need our attention. Obviously, uh, Chris Johnson is the uh, the hot story right now. Uh, the kid who rushed for over two thousand yards, Mike, last year for the Tennessee Titans, only the sixth player in history to do so. Uh, he's not getting paid very much, Mike. Well, by all NFL standards, as it is, $550,000 base pay next year. And we we may be in for a holdout, Mike. We may be in for some uh, you know some kind of a long, lengthy situation here. It just depends. He hasn't been uh, you know showing up to you know to, to the team camp, and uh, we, we might be in for a situation here, Mike. Have you heard about this? Well, I've heard a little bit about it. I'm not, I'm really not sweating it because uh, most of these things they turn out pretty quick. Uh, you know, they they're able to be uh, resolved in in a timely manner, especially with a, a player like Chris Johnson. Uh, let's face it, he, he is he is the face now of the Tennessee Titans, and he is the one that they're going to have to pay. And you know, when you when you do when you put up the numbers that he's put up. You want to get paid. You should get paid, and I think things will. Uh, I think things will turn around, and uh, he'll be ready. He'll be ready come out of training camp, and they're going to get things restructured in a timely manner. Well, as a three-down back in the uh, NFL, and that's not something you see a lot of. But you have Javon Ringer uh, from Michigan State on the on board. You've got Legarrette Blount, uh, the kid with issues. Uh, you have Stephon Johnson from USC drafted. You've got several options here that may become fantasy names, household names, Mike, if they get a chance to crack into that uh, Tennessee offensive line and be a part of that offense. Well, another thing, Scott, I mean, could you, uh, you know, Chris Johnson goes to camp with that base salary of what, what you know, he signed, he signed a contract, but let's face it, I mean, he's gone over and beyond that. Uh, if you were him, uh I'd be asking for more, wouldn't you? <laughs> Without a doubt, it's all about opportunity, and he's taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, you know, this this is a situation that it, we, we we hope that it gets resolved. My concern is for those players and those drafters who took Chris Johnson already 
as their number one pick. A lot of early drafts have already taken place. And, you know, there's several drafters here saying, oh, no, just don't let something like this happen. I've already spent my number one pick, and you hate to see something like that cause you to uh, not be able to compete because you took you took such a, uh, you know, a sure thing in Chris Johnson. But uh, there is there are some issues there. I've always noticed. I've, I've kind of, you know, followed him on the Twitter thread. There's a lot of things that are just aren't right about the kid maybe, you know, a little bit. And, and so I'm always looking at that maturity level. That's a definite issue. We've all been burned before. By maturity. Speaking of maturity, Mike, uh, that's a good segue. Uh, Terrell Owens is still not anywhere to be seen. He, he hasn't been signed. And it sounds like uh, there's, there's a little bit of news from the Cleveland area. So, you know, we've, we've got the code cracker. We've got Rich McClellan in the chat room. He's from Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland area. And, and it sounds like Josh Cribbs is pushing for T.O. Uh, to be a part of the team and get a veteran in. And now, you know, it's Mangini. Uh, the man genius there. Who knows what's going to happen, but uh, T.O. is still waiting, waiting for a job. Well, um, crickets. I wish I, I wish I could plug in the crickets because, you know, honestly, uh, it's like I've said on the show a couple times in, in the past couple episodes, uh, T.O., he could be waiting. He's a tremendous talent, but uh, is he a team player? No. It, can he can can he take you to the next level? Well, maybe a few years ago, but right now, no, no. Uh, so what can he bring to the table? Nothing. And I hope well, that, uh, I hope somebody in chat room can prove me wrong. Well, the problem is with T.O., it's not that he can't bring anything. I think he showed us still last year that he can play when he's motivated. The problem is you can't put him on a losing team and expect to get good performance out of him. That's not where T.O. excels. T.O. excels in a good-feeling, good-vibe environment, a winning team. And if you're a winning team, you, you, you don't want to disrupt it, but you've got going on. So he's really going to catch 22 because he doesn't play hard and he doesn't try hard if, if your team's not competitive. But if you're a good team, I'll bet you he can still, there's still something to take. There is no doubt about it. He can win on a winning team, but most winning teams do not want that guy on their team because that deteriorates the team. Yeah. Yep, we've got a, a couple of other issues here, Mike. I want to bring up Eddie Royal as a potential, you know, sleeper that has a good situation this year. He's uh, apparently starting. He's apparently uh, going to be a starting slot receiver this year in Denver. Mike Chris of Denver Post had, had reported that. And uh, you know what? Look, you've got you've got to look for these sleepers. These are these are high stakes veterans in here. They want to hear some news that that could affect them in their draft. And, and the bottom line is this: Eddie Royal, the, the drafts are won or lost. I've been watching a lot of these drafts, Mike, in these 77s and these early drafts. And, you know, look, first four or five rounds are pretty predictable, pretty scripted. All the, all the players are pretty darn talented in those first four or five rounds. But when it, when it starts to get down to the nitty-gritty, it's what you're doing with that sixth and seventh round picks, those eighth and ninth round picks, sixth and seventh especially this year, could go anywhere across the board. And that's where I think those players, those gems are sitting saying, you know what, I can be, I can be a player that can perform like a second or third rounder here but you need to take a chance on me. And, yeah, and yeah. that's where I, I mean, see those Eddie Royals right. just, I, I, just lying. You, you can catch them uh, in that fourth, fifth, sixth round, even seventh round. You you can catch that player. Uh, I've been burnt by Eddie Royal once, and I'm not going to get burnt by him again. So I have no interest in Eddie Royal. Well, we, we did pay a 3-1 price for him, so that was – that was rather painful. I said, where's Cecil Lammy when you need him? For me, Audible, he's a, he's a big Denver guy. He could come in and chime on that. I'm going to also give you another obscure player to talk about because, Mike, that's, again, 
we're not here to talk about the you know just all the big names here. I want to bring up the shard choice for a second before we get to this live interview with Alex Kaganowski of the FFPC. We're going to be talking about escrow here for the rest of the show. To shard's choice, Mike, a career 5.3 yards per carry. Okay, uh, this kid in 2008, if you remember, there was a four-game stretch there near the end of the year, Mike. He averaged 122 yards a game. He scored two touchdowns and had 17 receptions in those four games. Last year, he really didn't get a big shot. You know, of course, he's behind Marion Barber and Felix Jones, and he didn't get a very big shot. But week three, Marion Barber was out. Weeks four and five, Felix was out. And to short choice, racked up like 40 carries. I see here 207 yards, two touchdowns. And also, in that three-game span, nine receptions for 83 yards. Mike, this is a kid that I think if you take a chance on him, again, with the injury histories with Felix and, and who knows what's going on with Marion Barber, this is a kid that could really be something special. Maybe not this year behind all that talent that he has in front of him, but, Mike, could this be a guy that you need to be trading for in some of these dynasty leagues? Could this be a guy that we could be talking about in a couple of years, kind of like a Michael Turner? Doesn't that, doesn't that name kind of ring true here? Maybe with a Tashard choice? What do you think? Well, I'll tell you what I think. I traded uh, I traded a, a first-round pick, the 2010 first-round pick in, in one of my dynasty leagues, for Tashard Choice. Mm-hmm. That's how much I like him. That's how much mm-hmm. ability he has. Uh, you know, when I, when I looked at Dallas's backfield, I'm looking at Barber. Barber is going to be – I mean, he'll be gone soon. Uh, Felix Jones has a ton of talent, a ton of talent, but – you know, we're talking now about the NFL. It, it's a it's a two-headed monster in the backfield. So, to start choice, can he overtake the job of Felix Jones? Absolutely, absolutely. The guy has all the all the ability in the world. He has the speed. He can catch the ball. He can run. I mean, he has what it takes. So, uh, when you talk about quote upside, this guy has it in a big way. I think so too, Mike. I think there's a lot of a lot of things I like about the short choice. Again, he is buried. Uh, there, there, he's going to need a little bit of, uh, of of luck to get past those guys. Um, but you know, there is a, there is a situation worth worth watching, Mike. And and so you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I think you have to be always looking. You got to be one step ahead of these high stakes guys. It's not like it's going to just be handed to you, right? I mean, you're going to have to actually find who those gems are. Mike. I don't know if you've got your mind or your thoughts on anybody. I haven't. You know, off the cuff, this would be completely unprepared and unscripted for you. But you know, you have anybody tonight uh, that you that you are thinking about is is a is a potential steal that you you wouldn't mind sharing with the crew. But yeah, uh, actually, uh, that uh, Gilliard, uh, the the wide receiver, I, I'm really impressed with him. I'm really impressed with what he's done, uh, Marcus Gilliard. He just, uh, I mean, he showed me a lot of things uh, when I saw him in college and. Uh, you know, this is a guy that can make an impact on uh, on his team. And, you know, as a late-round uh, third pick, I mean, that's the one that just uh, he speaks volumes to me. Well, that's, uh, there, there, was, there was some talk of chemistry there. Uh, so no telling if, if that really pans out for a rookie quarterback. Mike, what is that noise? Oh. That could be only one thing. Hey, Alex. That could be only one person. The prognosticator. 
of the Fantasy Football Players Championship has joined us, Alex. How are you tonight? Uh, how are you doing, gentlemen? Thank you for that entrance. That actually made me feel good instead of the uh, Darth Vader one because uh, I'm actually pretty <laughs> nervous tonight, so thanks for putting me at ease a little bit. Don't be nervous, Alex. Wasn't that pretty cool? I mean, da 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 I mean, that was that was pretty cool. Feel good about that. Yeah, I'm used to that with the with the uh, with the prop uh, the prop picks during the season. So yeah, that, that made me feel good. Thanks. Well, that's where you that's where you got your fame, man. Are those uh, player props that you that you've dominated on and, and made everybody a little bit of cash on those? But tonight it is a different discussion, Alex. Uh, tonight, uh, the Fantasy Players Association has asked uh, for you, requested for you to be here, and uh, thank you very much for um, taking uh, this matter seriously and bringing bringing this up, uh, bringing this to the to the listeners of Red versus Blue. We've got a lot of listeners on the show. Uh, we've got a great chat room waiting. And we've been taking questions uh, for the latter part of this week, trying to get an understanding and a feel for what the players' concerns are when it comes to escrow. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump right into some of the questions we've been receiving. I've got, I've got a list of them here that, that I've, that I've gathered up across the various message boards across the industry here, and we're just gonna start in with you if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to make uh, just one, one thing clear. I was actually thinking about this before I was coming on, and, and. Um, you know, I, I'll gladly answer all questions um, um, uh, as honestly as I can. But I just want everyone to 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 understand. I am certainly not an attorney. I'm not an escrow attorney. I, I don't know the law. I, I really don't know the law. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, uh, I what I do know is I could speak about the FFPC and about the way we do business. Uh, I could give you my opinions about what I think. Uh, and, you know the way things are, and, but I, you know, if there's anyone out there who's an attorney or who, you know who hears me, or if I make a mistake, or if they want to clarify something or help me uh, correct something, please by all means, you know, I, I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert in this field whatsoever. Well, we're gonna hold you to that. So let's let's do that. let's let's jump on to the questions. The first question I have here, Riff, uh, Riff, one of the message board uh, uh, users, wants to know. Are all main event monies escrowed, including league prizes? Now, this is for your contest here, so this is an FFPC-specific question. Are all the monies escrowed, including league prizes, and prizes below the $100,000 grand prize, or is it just the grand prize being escrowed? Uh, all our prizes, uh, main event prizes, are escrowed, uh, starting with the grand prize of 100000 all the way down to uh, the league prizes, the consolation, the... Uh, toilet bowl. Uh, every single dollar um, is is placed into escrow. Um, last year, I believe it was two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars that we placed into escrow. And by the way, that you know we we, we do have a lot of our prizes, uh, a lot of our prizes that uh, players choose to roll over into next year. Uh, we don't you know we don't take that in consideration. In other words, every single dollar that is listed on our you know based on our uh, price structure uh, we put into escrow. Okay, that that sounds good. Uh, you know, really, Alex. Uh, so every dollar is escrowed, and uh, one thing that uh, Riff wanted to uh, you know want to ask you about, and I do too. I'm I'm very uh, interested in this, and 
under any circumstance, under any circumstance, does the uh, FFPC have any access to the escrow fund? Uh, well, uh, no, because once that money is transferred uh, to our attorney, Mark Yaros, uh, who handles that for us, uh, he places it into his account, and it's his account. It's not our account. It's his uh, escrow account. Uh, he's the escrow agent. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm not sure exactly of you know the terminology, but, but he places it in his in his account. Uh, we uh, you know it's not a four players by players account, and uh, you know once the season ends, then we we make the request. Uh, he withdraws the funds and sends it back to us. So no, we did not access those funds at all. Now you mentioned Mark Yarros. I, I would assume that this is an escrow agent. Riff also wanted to know: is he a bonded uh, escrow agent? Uh, you know, I, I saw that question. I saw him post that question on um, on the message board earlier today, and uh, I wish this was a a weekday. Uh, well, I mean, it is a weekday, but I, I wish I, I wish I would have been able to um, to contact uh, uh, Mr. Yaros and ask him because I, quite honestly, I don't know. I'm going to assume and say yes. I'm going to assume and say since he's a licensed attorney in the state of New Jersey and he's since he does offer uh, escrow services to his clients, I'm going to assume that uh, that he is bonded. Uh, but I, I can't say for 100, with 100% certainty. Well, and I'm sure if, uh, if if we needed to get a clarification on a question like that, we could uh, we could you could get one down the road for us. This was kind of a short notice list of questions that we've uh, we've put together and with uh, no notice to you now. A number of ancillary leagues have significant payouts, Alex. Uh, the Draft Masters, the Big Payback, uh, the auctions. Why aren't those escrowed? Is that a cost uh, issue? Rip wants to know. Uh, yes, that is basically a cost issue. It's a little bit of a logistics issue as well. Um, when we uh, when we structure our prize, um, our payout uh, structure. Uh, for the main event, you know, we took uh, escrow into consideration when when we um, and the cost of escrow when we structured all the other um, all the other prizes. Oh, I'm sorry, all the other contests. Uh, we did not take that in consideration. So, uh, you know, if, if that's something that we would ever have to do, obviously we would have to restructure it. Um, also, as far as all the other, you know, it's it's very difficult because you're talking about individual leagues you're talking about leagues that have um that have uh free entries into the following year as state you know uh, listed prizes so uh, not actual cash prizes you know a lot of the the satellites for example so it's it, it just gets a little bit weird also um they have um different uh, different, pri I guess the, the the prize dates are a little bit different. You know, sometimes we pay out uh, uh, we pay out earlier. Sometimes we we pay out a little bit later as far as um, the leagues uh, when they finish. Um, so it, it just, I mean, we've never, quite honestly, we've never even gave it consideration. I know that Rich, I believe uh, that's his name. He's always asked us about. Uh, why don't we escrow those uh, the satellites and the other ancillary leagues? Yeah. Quite honestly, nobody's ever really requested it. We've never th uh, thought that the cost would would merit.
doing it. And, uh, you know, that's basically the answer. Well, what, what, what's the cost to escrow uh, just one league? Say, say one league, because I, I, I don't know, Alex. I'm, I'm trying to understand. What, what's the cost to uh, escrow one league? Well, I mean, I'm not going to discuss a specific cost. I mean, that's, you know, that's FFPC business. But I will right. say that there are a couple of costs uh, with escrow. You, first of all, you have the attorney fee. I mean, whatever the attorney charges, you know, whether it's hourly or flat rate, usually these guys like to charge hourly, as I'm sure everyone knows. Um, right. So you have that cost. And also there is the, the cost in terms of loss of revenue, um, from interest, because when you place that money into that account, the uh, interest uh, is very different in the escrow account than you would normally get, you know, out in the open market. Uh, so, I mean, right now, obviously, <laughs> the interest, but you know, a good interest rate is is, is not that much different from zero. Not much. It's, yeah. Not much. But, yeah. It, there's really not much difference right now. But, uh, you know, when the rates uh, in 2008, when we initially uh, escrowed, the rates were a little bit higher, quite significantly higher. So, so you know, if you're talking about a couple of percentage points, you know, that's quite a bit of money, um, uh, quite a bit of loss of revenue there. Alex Ripp also wants to know when, what, at what time, at what period are those escrowed funds deposited with that escrow agent? Uh, what time? When they're deposited? Yeah, what, what what date? I mean, is it, does it happen before the season? Does it happen before your entries come in? Does it happen after? How, how does that happen? Um, well, actually, I send right before I leave to Vegas. I send that check to uh, uh, to Mr. Yaros, and uh, and he makes the deposit. Um, is that is that what he's asking? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's usually right around like about uh, I would say. Tuesday, Wednesday before the season starts. Oh, it's after it's after you have the uh, after you have the entry fees in, and then right before the contest starts, before the drafts ever happen, that money is sitting in an escrowed account with Mr. Yaros. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I send it to him, so maybe you know it takes him a few days to actually get it in. So, but yeah, I I release the funds from from my account uh, before the season starts. Okay, Alex. Let's move on. Go ahead. I, I want to ask a real quick question uh, when. When you guys uh, first started the uh, FFPC, uh, did you start out with the escrow? I mean, was it just we're going to go escrow account to begin with, and that's just the way it is? Well, actually, the way that we started was that we took um, our grand prize in 2008 was $75,000. So what we did was, and, you know, I mean, granted this was uh, a part, you know, partially, a, not partially, it was probably mainly a marketing idea, uh, but we took $75,000 of our own money. Back then it was Dave, Lou, and myself uh, before before Lou left. And we took that 70000 and we put it into an escrow account, and we said, hey, you know, here we are. We're introducing, you know, the FFPC, and we're going to put $75,000 in escrow before we get a single dollar of entry fees. So, you know, people, you know, really respected that, and they, and they, and they kind of liked the sound of that. And obviously we... Continue putting the rest of the main event prize pool into escrow, so that's how we, that's how we started. Cool. We are listening to uh, Alex Kaganofia, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. He is asking questions and taking questions on escrow, the issue of escrow, what it means uh, to his contest, 
what it means to the industry. Uh, we took questions this week, and we are uh, we're, we're kind of growing, Alex here. So uh, let, let's keep moving on here. Alex, appreciate you being with uh, Red versus Blue tonight. Ugly Yellow Tomato, that's a team name. Ugly Yellow Tomatoes wants to know who is the payee of the escrow, and how is it set up so winners get their money from the escrow account? And then he goes on. What prevents the game owner from naming themselves as the winner or payee at a later date? Who is the payee of the escrow, and how is it set up so winners get their money? I, I think this is probably one of the the best questions that I've. And no, you know, with all due respect to all the others, but the reason why this is such a great question is because I think it touches on uh, what I, you know may be a little bit confusing to uh to some people or some players uh as far as well at least as far as how our escrow works okay and i'll gladly address that um there there is no payee oh, the payee is us the payee is 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 four players by players which is the the company that owns ffpc so yeah technically it's not set up that where the the prize Winners are the payees, and the reason why it's not set up that way is because logistically, in order to set it up that in that manner, it would mean involving. And by the way, we we actually addressed that in 2008 when we first spoke to uh, to Yaros, when when Lou first spoke to Mr. Yaros, uh, is because you would have to basically have the attorney involved in the prize distribution. He would be, in essence, he would become part of the whole procedure of prize distribution. Uh, they, it would involve, first of all, it would involve, you know, various contractual, I mean, you would have to set it up, you would have to, you know, uh, uh, have, create a, a contract or, you know, a, an agreement with the attorney, how it would work. But you're talking about probably dozens of, of, of man hours for the attorney in order for him to come in to verify the prize winners to make sure that they are the prize winners uh, in the meantime we're getting the w not you know the w2s we're getting the tax information and then he would have to authorize the the prize payouts i mean you're talking about an incredible incredible logistical nightmare for it to be set up that way so we obviously do not have it set up that way for two reasons, because it's a logistical nightmare and because it's going to cost, you know, an arm and a leg. I, I don't, can't even imagine how much it would cost to have an attorney to come in and sp spend a few days or however many days uh, to, to process all this. So, so I mean, look, if somebody – if a contest comes, or, comes along and they want it and they're able to or they want to spend uh, uh, the money on this, uh, they feel that uh, – you know, to, to this is worthwhile to to put it to spend the money here and to put it uh, included in part of their um, business plan. I mean, I would be all for it. We simply did not think that this was uh, this was something we were able to do. And um, and with us, it works very simply. With with us, uh, we re we we uh, request the money. Uh, Mr. Yara sends us the money, and then we disperse the money. In around December, or December and January, so you know that's how it works with us. But the payee is no, the payee is not the prize 
winner. The pay is us. Alex, I'm going to ask well, a question in addition uh, to that based on your last statement. Uh, is there any uh, time period which you do not have access to those funds? Can you request that at any time throughout the year? Well, technically, yes. We could request it at any time during the year. We could, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, we are in control of that money, of course. But I have to say something about that. See, it, obviously that may sound to some, they may sound like, well, wait a minute, you know, well, what, what's, you know, then that's, you know, that defeats the whole purpose of escrow. Well, I mean, maybe you could look at it that way, but at the same time, we are advertising, we are, we are stating that this money is going to be held in the escrow account for the duration of the season. We're also advertising and uh, showing the email of the name and the email of our escrow agent. So, and we've had inquiries, mind you. Uh, we've had inquiries over the course of the last two years to find out is the money in escrow, you know, how much is the money, how much money is there. And I'm, I'm sure most, most of the, your listeners are aware, attorneys cannot, well, they cannot tell a lie. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> they, they, they can't turn over that information. They, they can't say that the money is there if it's not, okay? So right. um, if, if they were to receive an email saying, you know, is the money there and the money is not there, I mean, that would be the end of the FFPC. So, uh, you, you know, we, we state that the money is in escrow. We leave it there. Anyone, anyone's welcome uh, to, to uh, email uh, Mr. Yaros, to verify that the money is there, we make that available. Uh, this isn't some, you know, um, this isn't some phantom name. You know, we don't, you know, our attorney's name is readily available on our website. So, uh, so you know, yeah, we, we, yeah, technically we could withdraw that money anytime. But if we do that, and and you know, uh, somebody emails our attorney and, uh, and finds out, then probably FFC will got a business. That same day. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this real quick, uh, Alex. Uh, does having that money in escrow does that uh, does that give you guys uh, as far as the FFPC? Uh, do you feel like you have some sort of uh, credibility just to say you have you have it in escrow? Credibility. Um, well, I think this is what I think it does. Okay. This is what I think putting the money in escrow does. And, and now I, could, I think I could speak to, you know, a little bit of what happened in the industry. And, and well, let me, let's put it this way. I mean, obviously every one of us has played in a private league, okay? And probably most of us has played in a private league, you know, in a private money league, okay? There's always a commissioner who uh, holds the money. So, you know, if you have, if you're in a private league and it's, you know, let's say it's a hundred dollars entry, so twelve hundred bucks gets collected in the beginning of the year, and you send it to your commissioner. Okay, so now that commissioner holds the money until the end of the year until he pays it out. So now the question is, if you send that money to the commissioner, would you feel comfortable if you took that money and put it into his main bank bank account and basically treated it as his money? And then, you know, come December or January, he would just basically dip into that same bank account and pay out the winnings. Or would you rather ask the commissioner and say, look, do you mind just opening a separate account 
taking that twelve hundred bucks, putting it in a separate account, you know, just to make sure that, you know, you don't touch it, you don't, you know, God forbid by accident, you know, uh buy something for the wife or whatever. You know, and then, you know, not have that money readily available. Obviously the answer is you'd want I I'm assuming the answer is you'd want them to open a separate account. Well, I mean it's basically the same idea here. The the idea is is what we're doing is this money is sacred to us. It's sacred because it's your prize money, it's the player's prize money. So we cannot allow this this money to be uh to be in the same account that we use for you know for our business operation. So we take that money, we put it in we put it in the escrow account. And that's it. And you know, we 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 feel safe. We you know, <laughs> there's no mistakes. There's no accounting mistakes, there's no accounting errors. There's no uh uh there's no, you know, uh uh spending, you know, spending a couple extra a couple extra 100,000 dollars on developing software or anything like that, you know, that uh, seemed to have been uh, one of the issues with the uh, AFFL. I was going to say, if, if something like that was to happen, uh, that should be brought upon the league or or what have you. Uh, just say, okay, well, we've had, uh, you know, we've had some issues. Uh, we need some extra this or that, and it's hard to ask that. But uh, you pretty much answered my question on that, and uh, I appreciate it. So. I appreciate that, Alex. So basically, the money can't be touched. It's in escrow, uh, and that, that pretty much answers my question. Well, yeah. We're, 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 uh, Alex, go ahead and finish up your last part. Yeah, I just I just wanted to finish up as far as uh, so what, what it does is it it kind of it helps us run our business the right way, which is separate the prize money from our operating money. And obviously, it serves as security, and it makes the customers feel comfortable and secure that their money is protected, and that we, as game operators, are responsible with their money. So, you know, and that's how we look at it. And, and as far as you're getting getting back to the metaphor with the commissioner, even let's say your commissioner is, I don't know, some wealthy guy who, uh, uh, you know, a, wealth, a wealthy uh, a stockbroker, and you know he's got a million dollars. I mean, does that mean that you you trust him more? Maybe, but would you still rather that he put that money aside so it's there at the end of the year in December? I think the answer is yes. So I don't think it even matters, you know, whether. Yeah, I, I want. Yeah, I want that money coming out of the fantasy fantasy account, not his account. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of, you know, I mean, I think it's worth saying that, you know, Dave and I, you know, the FFPC for the Dave and uh, for Dave and I, you know, my partner Dave, is not a revenue generating business at this time. You know, both of we both have other businesses that, you know, we that help us that that pay our for our uh, everyday life. Yeah, yeah, for our family. So, you know, we what we do here is, you know, we want to do this right. We want to do this correct. And um, you know that's you know that's really the most important thing to us is is uh, is to run the FFPC correctly. Let's give Alex a break. We'll be right back and we'll finish up this interview, this exclusive interview on escrow. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. 
It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? Spreading the news. Okay, we're here with Alex Kaganowski of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, and we're talking escrow with Alex. I thought I'd give you a little bit of your uh, your home flavor uh, there, Mr. Kaganowski. Let's move on to some questions that Gordon Gecko wants to know. We all know Gordon Gecko on the message board. How did you find your escrow attorney? Was he initially friends with either you, Dave, or Luke? Uh, yes, he. Well, I don't know if he was friends, but he worked. Um, uh, he worked with Lou. Uh, he's in. Uh, he works in the same town of Clinton, New Jersey. Uh, I believe Mr. Yaros is a um, uh, estate planner or a state attorney, I should say. And uh, Lou is a financial advisor, so they have. You know, they obviously have some business relationships there, and uh, they know each other. Uh, I'm not sure to what degree, but uh, Lou said that he. This is. A, you know, this is a, a good attorney. He's trustworthy and. Uh, so we started using him, and when you know when Lou had to back out and uh, leave the FFPC, we continued using him because uh, because we liked him, and uh, you know he was uh, he did what we what we asked him to do. Personally referred by Lou. Okay. Uh, Gordon Gecko also wants to know: Is the cost of escrowing taken out of your profits, or do you pass the cost on to your customers? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, I, I don't know how you want to. Uh, label it, uh, the cost of escrow is built into the uh, main event price structure. I, I think most likely, I think considering our payout percentage, I, I think the answer is that, yeah, it's coming out of our profits. <laughs> yeah, now, Gordon Gecko also wants to know, why do you think that other high-stakes contests in the industry, uh, the WCFF and the NFFC, do not escrow? Uh, well, why they don't escrow, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can tell, but I will tell you this much. Um, I, I think, and, and this may come as a surprise to, to a lot of you guys, I personally, I think that um, as far as Fanball goes, uh, I don't think they should escrow. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I fully trust Fanball. I trusted the NFFC when it was owned by Krause. Uh, which was uh, a multi-million dollar operation, uh, a big privately owned company. Uh, and and now that they're owned uh, by Fanball uh, and a subsidiary, I believe they're a subsidiary of uh, Liberty Media, I trust them even more. I, I think that I, I there is no reason for Fanball to escrow NFFC prize money. And, and I'm not saying that because... Um, because I trust uh, you know Tom or uh, uh, or, or Greg over there, uh, you know who help run the NFFC games, and you know they're 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 good people. They're very respectable, uh, respected customer service reps. Uh, it has nothing to do with Ryan Ryan Houston, who's uh, you know the executive at Fanball. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, the reason why I have full confidence in, in the NFFC prize is being paid is because NFFC, is, like I said, is owned by Fanball. 
That's a multi-million dollar company. Fanball is in turn owned by Liberty Media, and which is a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company. So therefore, any contest that is owned by Fanball in whole or in part will definitely honor its obligation to pay its winners. I mean, no matter what happens to them financially to the contest, I, I, I'm pretty sure those prizes are going to get paid. And imagine the, com the completely unnecessary public relations nightmare that would arise for Liberty Media if word got out that one of their subsidiaries would not, did not pay their prizes. I mean, it's, it's crazy just to even think about it. So it would never happen. I'm certain of it. And I, I'm, you know, I'm being very honest. I, I have full trust. I mean, you could, you know, you may not like their game. You may not like their software or whatever. But the one thing I, I have no worries with, with Fambo is price security. All right. Raiders wants to know on the message board as we continue with this discussion of escrow. Would you play in a contest that does not escrow their funds? Obviously, you just answered that with Fanball. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the question. Can you repeat it? No, no, no. You, you, you did answer it with Fanball. Um, would you play in a contest that does not escrow their funds? If yes, why? And you, you answered that the last question. So we'll move on to Raiders' second question. Would you still advocate escrowing if you were part of a large organization rather than just a couple of guys with a good idea? And I, and I think you kind of answered that as well. Well, to, yeah, to a certain degree, look, I, I, you, you, there are two specific contests out there, obviously. You know, you ask me why don't they escrow? I don't know why they don't escrow. I, could, I just, you know, I told you why I don't think that Fanball should escrow. I really, you know, that's my honest belief. As far as the World Championship of Fantasy Football, I don't know why they escrow. And if, you know, I'll be very honest, if I owned it, I would escrow. So that's really all I could say. That's just my opinion. Do what I play in it? Yes, I have played it. Will I continue playing in it? Most likely. Why? Well, where else am I going to play? Yeah, you don't have a lot of options. You can't play your own contest. Mino no. Brown on the message board wants to know, Alex, any high stakes, any high stakes league can state that they escrow the funds, but is there a way the players can actually verify this or know this to be accurate? And I think you answered that as well with Mr. Yaros' connection. Yeah, I mean, and, and we could go beyond that, quite honestly. Uh, we never have. But, I mean, we could uh, get some, some kind of a uh, statement, you know, whether it's a bank statement or some sort of a statement from uh, the attorney and, and you know, uh, scan it and post it uh, for people to see. That's, you know, that's not a problem. But it's never been an issue. Nobody's ever asked uh, ask us for it. And like I said, you know, our attorney's name is there. Uh, his uh, email is there. And, you know, he has been uh, – uh, he has been uh, – uh, he has gotten a couple of inquiries, and he's, a he's answered them. Well, the phone number is 347-324-5404. If you have any questions for Alex on these last 10 minutes of the show, feel free to give us a call and uh, ask away. The chat room is uh, fired up here, and it's a, it looks like a full, a full room. We do have a question from Fantasy Mojo. How is escrow different from something like Fantasy Sports Vault, League Safe, et cetera, and has Alex considered those or spoken to them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's different. I'm not sure exactly how they operate. Uh, I'm going to assume they simply uh, operate on, just as a they simply hold uh, the money themselves and kind of uh, market themselves as the escrow agent. Uh, I guess 
you know, there's some, I, I don't know, I, I, that's my guess, okay? Uh, as far as would I consider, no, I, I would not consider them because they are, uh, you know, they, they are just a, another uh, company that, um, you know, uh, wh why should I give my customers prize money to another company to hold where my, my, my customers are, are giving me their money and trusting me with their money and, you know, I am in turn hiring an attorney that I trust and that is obviously trusted by the Bar Association uh, to hold that money. So, so, no, I would never go to a third company to hold my customers' prize money. We've got more. Uh, we've got the again a, a chat room questions coming in from Code Cracker. Ask Alex if he's ever had a point on a shot of vodka. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, sorry, Code. Uh, Russians don't don't pay uh, for vodka at all. We get it for free. That sounds like a Mike Trent question. <laughs> Alex, we obviously had. We obviously had some big. Uh, we, we appreciate all these escrow questions that you have uh, answered for us. Um, we we offered. Uh, we extended the opportunity to ask any questions, any and all questions on escrow, and I think we pretty much covered them all. If there's any we have missed, please write the show, uh, and you can write us at info at fantasyplayersassociation.com or personally at atkins.scott@gmail.com. You can uh, you can give us any question that we fail to ask. We will we will forward that on to Alex offline. Uh, and get those answers for you. Alex, there was some big news this weekend, obviously. Uh, you know, you talked a little bit about Fanball. What do you what do you think about Fanball bringing some of their leagues to your uh, to the opening weekend? Uh, they, they had traditionally been the weekend prior, uh, and you guys and the World Championship were on the opening weekend. What, what do you think about Fanball bringing their leagues to opening weekend and putting them up against the FFPC on Friday? Uh, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to answer that question, but I, I want to add one more thing. You know, with, I'm a, I, I really am. I was nervous the whole time, uh, you know, with all these. Uh, uh, I, I felt like was, you know, I was about to get grilled when I was coming on, and um, it was actually not that bad. But the, the one thing I want to mention as far as escrow goes, I think it's very important to remember that if AFFL 1 and AFFL 2 and Fantasy Jungle had escrowed, in the same form that we that we do, okay, had set aside the money in all the years that they've operated, they would not have defaulted in the manner that they did. I think that's very important to remember when you're evaluating, you know, how important escrow is in the industry. Had AFFL and Fantasy Jungle escrowed their, their prize money and allowed players to verify that the prize money is in fact escrowed, Obviously, you know, they could have done it and lied about it, but had they done it, they would have never allowed themselves to put to put themselves in a position to default their prize their their prize uh prize winners. So that being said, um I'll gladly address uh so the question was fanball, why uh Yeah, Alex, we've got we've got four minutes left in the show. Just wanted to quickly touch on the fanball situation. Some big announcements from those guys obviously and you already spoke on that, but they're here on the opening weekend now and, and they're you're they're kind of putting some of their leagues up against you on uh, on Friday. What, what what do you think about that? Well look, uh fanball look <laughs> they would obviously love to dominate, you know, the high stakes uh fantasy football market and offer as many different games, contests, as many different weekends as possible. I mean 
you know, they are they are the the the, the major player in the fantasy football industry right now. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. So, you know, they have millions of dollars in resources. They have an office full of staff. I'm sure they have uh, you know connections in the industry. They have. I mean, they have their own uh, platform, you know, commissioner product. They have, they have everything, so they have the upper hand uh, for sure uh, over uh, over everyone else. Uh, you know, so I mean, that's their intention. That's that's what they're doing. Um, but you know, as far as the the only thing that I mean, the only thing I could say is is uh, you know, Dave and myself as owners, operators, Chris, you know, with Chris, uh, you know, we're here, you know, uh, on the message board. We're communicating with. Uh, uh, with our customers, you know, we're going to continue doing that. That's our thing. You know, that's the only thing we can continue doing. Uh, I think players who come to the FFPC appreciate it, you know, when they deal directly with ownership, you know, who speak to them honestly and plainly. You know, uh, that when when you look at our product, I don't think I, I'll be exaggerating to say that, you know, in two short years, FFPC has helped, you know, revolutionize the high-stakes industry. And the, and, the, and all the players have benefited benefited from it and not just the FFPC players so uh, as a matter of fact specifically players who have not played the FFPC have benefited from it because look look at Fanball I mean look what they're doing uh, they're, they're offering uh, they're offering great uh, uh, great products you know for for uh, with with uh, uh, some high payouts you know I and not to mention the fact that you guys are, were kind of the pioneers to put go into a five-star hotel at Cedars, and now look at what we've got. We've got the World Championship at the Venetian, and we've got Fanball uh, at the Bellagio. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive trio of hotels we've got now as players. Well, listen, you know, I, look, and thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, you know, I you know I try. It's a little bit weird to talk about us. I, you know, I don't think you know you'll catch me too often talking about us in that manner. But yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at what happened in, you know, in 2007, you roll back the clock before the FFPC was was created. Oh. You know, the, uh, the, uh, the World Championship was at South Point, and and uh, NFFC was in Flamingo. Then we came in and we we brought the our event to Caesar's Palace. And now in 2010, what do you see? Well, the other guys are in Bellagio and Venetian. So, so yeah, I would say that we have something to do with that. You know, I also think we have something to do with the fact that. You know the payout percent percentages as a whole have changed in the industry. I mean, you look at the payout percentages being offered right now by the other events. You know, I think they're getting they're starting to creep up there. They're starting to creep up there where before I mean they were pretty I mean <laughs> they were pretty pathetic quite honestly. So so yeah you know I I think we're doing something right and you know they're obviously uh, they're obvious you know I, I I think that that we're affecting what they're doing and as far as them coming over. Uh, to to uh, opening weekend. Well, I mean, listen, that's that's what they want to do, and uh, I guess my only hope is that our players and just players in general can continue supporting us. Because if the FFPC is around, then we'll continue uh, putting the pressure on. Alex Kanofsky of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Thank you for joining us tonight on Red vs. Blue. We've had a fantastic time. All of our time is up. Uh, Alex, we look forward to uh, seeing what else is going on. We'll see you on the message board. All right, thank you. Mike, we uh, we asked a lot of questions. We've got 46 seconds left in the show. What do you think about that show on escrow? Mike, are you there? All right, well, it's just me. We've got the crew at the Red vs. Blue chat room. Thank you for being a part of tonight's show. Look forward to hearing from you guys this week. Check us out at fantasyplayersassociation.com. 
Uh, keep in yeah. touch with all the news and all the information uh, that you can't uh, you can't miss out on. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.